well, clearly, 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 there is something wrong with me. Um, uh, I can't even say clearly. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Rick Mulready, who is the founder of the FB Advantage. And Rick is pretty much known as the guy that will get you on track in terms of learning Facebook ads inside and out. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. So why don't you, uh, why don't we start off with a little bit about your, your background and how you got to where you are today, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. I, I come from a corporate internet advertising background. So I started off in the, uh, I like to call the Wild West days of, the, of internet advertising back in 2000. And I was at uh, AOL back on the East Coast. And this is kind of when, you know, kind of when things were just starting to get, get going as far as uh, companies running online ads. And uh, AOL at the time was the player in, you know, in the online space. So it was a lot of fun. I spent five years there. And uh, then I came out here to the West Coast, spent two years at Yahoo, and, and I was in the um, online ads groups for both these companies. When I came out here to Yahoo, that's when I started selling, um, selling inventory, selling online advertising to some of the biggest companies in the world and, and really started to get my feet wet in the, on, the, on the sales side. And then went uh, after Yahoo, went over to a company called Vibrant Media which is uh, an online contextual advertising platform. So basically, um, text links and uh, uh, contextually relevant banners that were next to you know, articles on, online. And I ran their Southern California office um, from a sales perspective. And then I had the opportunity to go over to uh, Funny or Die, which is Will Ferrell's online company. And I sold uh, uh, advertising for them. So kind of that whole journey allowed me to sell all different types of online advertising, everything from uh, brand and entertainment to video ads to text links to search to, uh, to banners to old school flash stuff. I mean, this it, kind of across the board. But in, in 2010, I started to see the writing on the wall where small businesses weren't really getting the same opportunities that the bigger brands were, were, were getting because these big brands like the Yahoo's of the world or AOL's and, and a lot of companies out there have these minimum advertising spends that they have to hit. And, and I totally, totally understand why they have them because you know, there's a lot of resource. Um, you know, it's resource intensive for these companies to implement these campaigns for people. So they need to make sure that it's going to be, uh, make business sense for, for, for them. And that, you know, that minimum advertising spend is often too high for small businesses. And small businesses were starting to make things work on Facebook. And Facebook was starting sort of its meteoric rise, if you will. And, you know, small businesses were 
were creating communities on on um, on uh, Facebook, and they were developing relationships with them, and they were starting to advertise on there and using all the data that Facebook has about its users to really do some really do some you know some really good targeting on there and effective advertising. So I sort of I, I noticed that while I was on the, in the corporate world, and I started to I just naturally gravitated towards the advertising side of, of Facebook, and I really wanted to dive in and, and just learn as much as I possibly could. So that's what I did. I just devoured as much as I possibly could, and I started running my own campaigns to test things out. I started doing some stuff on the side for uh, small businesses and so forth. So I really dove into just just to kind of figure that whole world out, and you know that was almost five years ago. And uh, I left the corporate world at the end of 2012 to focus full time on um, the Facebook ads business. And, you know, it's going strong. It's uh, it's an amazing, amazing space to be in. Got it. OK, so today, I mean, you are so you, you have the FB advantage. You know, that's the that's the product, if you will. So uh, what else mm-hmm. are you doing? Are you doing consulting right now as well or? Yeah, I do some consulting. So I have two courses. I have a, a beginner's course, which is called FB ads for newbies. And that's like if you're just starting out, like if you don't really have you know much traffic to your website and don't really have an email list that that sort of thing you're just starting out uh that's a that's a course for uh that type of person and then my flagship as you mentioned is the fba advantage where we get into everything but i also do uh yes i do some, i do some consulting and 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 uh coaching i don't really do any any managing of ads anymore um simply because i really i really enjoy the the scalability of of the training courses and and so forth so um yeah, that's the that's the primary business. Got it. So, what's the breakdown between you know the beginners course and then the FBA advantage, and also your let's just say the revenue coming from uh, you know consulting or coaching? Um, well, I mean, the primary revenue is coming from FBA advantage because it's it's a much more um, the the investment is greater than the FBA advantage. I'm sorry, FBA ads for newbies course because uh, the newbies course is just ninety is ninety seven dollars. Um, you know, it's a low threshold to come in, but um, what you start to learn there, and then you can take it to the next level if you want to come into the FB Advantage. But from a revenue standpoint, uh, the FB Advantage is is far uh, far outweighs the either either the consulting or the uh, or the newbies course. Got it. So, how much is the FB Advantage cost? Uh, it is nine ninety seven, or you can do I break it up. You can do twelve payments of ninety seven dollars, and then I have a um, a VIP inner circle which includes more one-on-one direct contact and coaching with me. Um, people come, in, come into uh, San Diego here. We spend the, the day together coaching and training, uh, a private Facebook group. So there's all kinds of different things there. And that's $49.97. And uh, we can break that up as well uh, into payments. So that's what, you know, you can kind of see why the 997 course compared to the 97 course, you know, from, a, from an 80-20 perspective, the majority of the revenue is coming from uh, the FB Advantage. Got it. Okay. So how do you, you know, how do you get people to, especially people like myself that don't like to buy and, and how do you get people to, you know, fork out the money for a $997 course? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that a lot of people have, they're coming in from, from a couple of different ways. Number one, they've been on my email list for a while now and they've sort of, I have a lot of people telling me that they've like, they, they, they say, I've been quote unquote watching you for a while now, which is a little bit creepy, <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it. You know, they this sort of, you know, consuming the content that I put out there for a while. And, and so that's the whole no like, and trust factor. So they're building a relationship. I'm building a relationship with them and they have to, you know, it's, it's a significant investment. I get that. So they have to have a, a comfort level 
where they trust me and they know that, you know what, I've been putting out great content. I continue to put out great content, um, you know, on a, on a free basis, um, you know, whether it's the podcast, whether it is, you know, just blog posts or videos or what have you. And so, you know, they, they, they decide that, you know what, I want to take the next step and, and get into, into Rick's course. Um, I mentioned the podcast. The podcast is a great way to, as you know, Eric, is a great way to build a relationship with your audience. Um, you know, it, there's, I, would just, I just had a conversation this morning about someone who's starting a podcast and we were talking about, I mean, that's a very personal thing that it's a very, you get to develop a, a very personal relationship with somebody when someone's putting those earbuds in and listening to your voice while they're, you know, working out or walking the dog or whatever that they're doing. That's a great way to build that relationship with them. And I have a lot of people who come in the course and they tell me that they first started listening to me. Um, you know, on the podcast. And, and again, it's that time to uh, develop, develop a relationship with me. Um, I run Facebook ads <laughs> all the time. It's very meta, Facebook ads for a Facebook ads course. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I run Facebook ads all the time for, a, um, for an automated webinar for the FB ads for newbies course. And the reason I do the automated webinar is because it allows me to scale and help more people that way so that I'm not, you know, I'm not just, just doing one time um, you know, per week or per month or something like that. It, it's more on, you know, when it's available, when it's good for somebody and, you know, there's a, an availability there that they can jump on. Okay. So that brings, you know, that brings people in as well. So they get to consume the content. Again, if they want to come in at, the, at, the, at just the FB ads for newbies level, the $97 level, look at what the training, you know, is going to give them, how I deliver things. And then if they want to come into the, you know, FB advantage or do, or do coaching from there, they can do that. Got it. So you're running ads. So correct me if I'm wrong here. You're run, you're only running Facebook ads for the the FB newbies course just, just to get them on the list, or are you running for for all of them? I, I mean, both of them. Uh, just for newbies and to and to get them, you know, into my email list and to start delivering content to them. I don't right now keep the FB Advantage open. Um, you know, it, it not every single day because of the fact that I have group coaching, as you know, and uh, the Facebook group. So that I take a lot of um, direct contact with. And so I sort of do a, a rolling sort of um, open close, if you will, of that course. And, you know, I also work with some affiliates as well. So if, you know, there's an affiliate opportunity for somebody that, you know, the partnership makes sense, then even though the, clo- the course is closed, I might, um, you know, have an opportunity there to work with somebody else and, and, and their audience. Um, but no, as far as the ads go, it's just for the, uh, it's just for the newbies course. Got it. Okay. So, you know, for someone, I mean, someone starting out, let's say, I, I mean, do you, well, I, I should backtrack a second. I mean, what kind of tools are you using I mean, for these automated webinars just for the audience to know? Yeah, I use easy webinar and it is that they just, they just came out with a 4.0 uh, version of it just about two months ago. It's Casey Zeman's company and uh, they've done a really good job. I used to, it used to use evergreen business systems, which it was okay. It, it did the job. Um, but not, you know, uh, overall super impressed with it. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was functional and it did, did the job. But when I moved over to easy webinar, um, early part of, or actually mm, end of 2014, um, you know, things just the, what I could look at in the platform and what I could do in the platform just really helped me a lot. So that's what I, that's what I use. It's easy webinar, which is what I use for the automated side. Got it. Okay. And what advice do you have for people that, you know, let, let's say they, they launched their first product and then, you know, the launch falls flat. You know, they, let's mm-hmm. just say they have a, a good amount of, of, of registrants and not many people show up and there's just no conversions on the first webinar. What would you tell these people? 
Um, I would, I would, so they're not showing up at all. So they are, I mean, they've gotten, they've gotten like, you know, they've gotten a hundred registrants and maybe yep. let's just say 25 people showed up and then they got zero sales out of it. Okay. Well, I mean, the first thing I would look at is, you know, your, your lead up sequence. So the emails that you're sending people between when they opt in and when they register for, for your webinar and when the actual webinar is. So there's got to be a really strong lead up sequence. And what I like to say is, you know, that lead up sequence should, should accomplish a few things. Number one, obviously you're reminding them that they have registered for this webinar. And number two, you want to be giving them content. And in, by giving them content, you're developing that relationship with them because oftentimes, let's just say you're running Facebook ads, for example, to fill a webinar, that's cold traffic. You know, those people generally don't know who you are. And so, you know, they're more likely to show up if you've taken the time and made the effort to develop that relationship with them between when they registered for the webinar and when they uh, are and when the actual webinar is. And so you can do that by just giving them content, adding value to them, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a, I don't know, some sort of informative article or a video or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, take that time to do that and also be reminding them about the upcoming webinar so that they don't um, forget. If, you know, once they're on the webinar and let's just say you have the 25 people on there, you know, I would, I would kind of watch, if you can, watch when people are dropping off in the webinar. So I use for the, for the live webinars, I use GoToWebinar and it gives you a great report at the end to tell you not only how many people are on there, but when people dropped off. So you can look at how, how long somebody was on and you can kind of look to match up. You're like, oh, okay, somebody was on for 45 minutes. Well, at the 45 minute mark, I was doing X, Y, and Z in the webinar. So if you notice sort of a trend of when people are dropping off, you can look at what you were covering in the webinar and you can try to make some assumptions there. You know what, you can be like, you know what, I should probably make some changes to the webinar at that point because I noticed that so many people were dropping off. Um, the other thing too is that, look, like if, if you have 25 people on and nobody is buying at all, then you really need to look at, and look at the webinar that you're presenting and, and evaluate, you know, what is the information that you're doing, um, that you're giving, you know, what can be improved there? The other thing too from, from there is, um, is ask them, ask them why they didn't buy. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, survey them a little bit and try to find out, hey, you know what, I noticed that you came on the webinar, just curious. I talked about this XYZ product or XYZ service. Just curious why, why, you didn't, uh, why you decided not to buy it and listen to their feedback and make, the, make uh, appropriate changes. Got it. So when you first launched your product, I mean, how did it turn out? For FB Advantage or FB Newbies? Let's just say, which one, which one came first? Whichever came first. Uh, Advantage. So, so I actually sold that on a webinar prior to my even making it. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I remember this very clearly. I did the webinar for my first webinar for it on a Thursday. Mm. And I was selling it to the when I first opened it up, I did four weeks so that it would be a rolling. Um, uh, you'd have access to like module one, for example, in the first week, module two in the second week. And I did that intentionally because I hadn't even created it yet when when I sold it. And so I was doing a webinar on a Thursday and I was giving access to people come that Monday. So I needed to create all the, the content, at least for module one, in a matter of three days. And so that's kind of how I did it. Um, and uh, I did very well. Uh, I think for that first launch, we did $30,000. Wow. Within the first, um, I think it was within the first four weeks. So it was a good launch. 
Wow. Okay. That's impressive. 30,000 bucks. Nice. So, I mean, you're okay. The, the automated, uh, the automated webinar, do you drop that into your current autoresponder right now? Or is it just strictly, you're just running FB traffic at it? I'm just running FB traffic at it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm sighing as I, re, as, I re, as I respond to you about that because the funnel is something I definitely need to, to fix. Um, it, when somebody opts into my email list right now, I give them so much content and I actually get feedback from people. They're like, dude, I was waiting for you to pitch me something. <laughs> I didn't, like, and I don't do that right now. I just give um, the, the opt-in right now on my site is the four biggest mistakes that people make with their Facebook ads and how you can avoid them. And so it's like a five email series of, and it's pretty extensive. Like I give a lot of information. And frankly, I think I'm giving too much information because again, I'm not leading anybody to any kind of sale or to sign up for a webinar at this point. And uh, I definitely need to fix that. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. So t- tell us what's new in, in Facebook ads today. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, tech people that watch or listen to this, th- this show. So uh, what's new? Holy cat. There's a lot new right now. And it's, it's the whole, you know, Facebook is uh, slapping the hands basically of a lot of advertisers right now. And I mean, they're basically going through what Google did with, with AdWords five or six years ago when they went, when, when Google went through and just cleaned up a lot of stuff and tightened up restrictions and so forth. And so there's a, just been this slew of accounts getting shut down by Facebook for a variety of reasons. And unfortunately, Facebook isn't always super clear about the rationale and, and why you know, they're, they're taking that action. And, and sometimes, too, they're actually not even giving any kind of warning. They're just kind of doing it. So some of those things that um, some of the reasons that this is happening, uh, for example, you need to have a privacy policy on your landing page. You've got to have a privacy policy, just a link to the privacy policy. Uh, it also doesn't hurt to have a terms and conditions link on that um, landing page. Now, it's kind of, uh, it's not funny, but this is something that has been around ever since, you know, Facebook started, you know, with Facebook ads. I mean, you've had to have a privacy policy um, or terms and conditions on that landing page, but they just haven't uh, been very strict about it. They've let a lot of pages go. And uh, now they're really coming down hard on accounts that are, that are not using them and people not using them. Um, another thing, another thing that's, uh, that's to be, you know, it's all comes down to compliance, by the way. This is what it's all about. Is, so when you ask about what's new with Facebook ads, it's this whole compliance thing. So, you know, and look, Facebook gets a bad rap for, I don't work for Facebook, and, but if you want to play in Facebook sandbox, you got to play by their rules. And Facebook flat out works. And so... I'm going to play by their rules because it works. And, um, and, so, and some other things too, like for example, they've started cracking down on using uh, lead pages URLs. Wow. So if you're using lead pages and you, know, you have the, you know, like whatever it is, if you're using that link, um, you know, I know that lead pages is working through this with Facebook right now. But um, it's coming, it's, Facebook is seeing like the algorithm that Facebook uses to kind of approve ads and so forth. It's seeing that as a spam type of link. And so to get around that, you know, you definitely still be using lead pages, but to use the lead pages plugin for WordPress. So, you, you know, you can have your URL forward slash whatever. And then that just redirects to your lead pages landing page. Um, 
some other things too. You have to be really like the the image needs to be consistent with the message that you're trying to get across and what you're marketing. That sounds kind of obvious, but a lot of people don't do that. Um, you can't make any false claims with your with your ads, so you can't make a promise of like you know I don't know lose thirty pounds in a week or you're going to make this much money. You know you have to be really careful um, with that. Uh, another thing too is that you have to be very specific in your call to action. So for example, if you want somebody to download a, you know, a cheat sheet on your landing page, you can't say get in like click here for instant access because when they click, they're not getting instant access. They actually have to take another step by clicking the button on the landing page and entering your, you know, entering their name and email or email address to get it. So you have to be very clear on what the next step is for people it sounds so obvious, but Facebook is really starting to crack down on that as well. I mean, it's all in an effort to protect the user experience, you know, on Facebook. So this is a good thing. And they're just, you know, they're just going through and kind of, uh, you know, cleaning stuff up as quickly as they possibly can. Unfortunately, you know, some people who have, you know, perfectly good intentions and are trying to follow the rules are getting um, caught up in it. But uh, these are the, some of the things that you need to definitely need to be compliant about. Got it. Yeah. You know, I've been seeing a lot, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, quote unquote internet marketers and, you know, you're, we're, we're both internet marketers, but I mean, the, the spammy stuff that I, I've been yeah. seeing on Facebook, I mean, that that's what they're cracking down on. So I'm glad that's happening. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are some, I mean, you, you know, you've figured out, you know, over, over a long time, but that you're going to be targeting your, your automated webinars and what are some targeting tricks and, that you can share with, with the audience? I mean, like, are you using like a combination of targeting and you don't have to go through like share your exact details, but mm-hmm. um, any information around that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so this is the whole, this, this is the whole year of the pixel on, on Facebook and just retargeting. I mean, it's, it's been that way, but now it's, now it's, really come to the forefront. I mean, it was a big discussion at traffic and conversion when, you know, you and I ran into each other. So, you know, the, the ability to retarget has been available on Facebook for a while now, but the discussion, and we've been, we've been doing it for a while now, but this but discussion has just really boiled up on it. Essentially, you're able to use your, uh, you get a website custom audience, which Facebook's kind of moving away from that term a little bit now, but essentially a retargeting pixel from fa- from your Facebook account and you place that on your website, and then you start creating audiences out of the uh, pages or areas on your website or landing page, whatever it might be, uh, of the traffic that you want to start tracking. And so this is Facebook's version of retargeting. So when someone visits your opt-in page but doesn't actually opt-in, you can turn around and, and retarget them on Facebook. Or if somebody you know, is going to your podcast category pages on your website, and you want to show an ad to them with your upcoming or with your your latest, uh, uh, you know, podcast episode release, you can do that. So definitely retargeting. You need to be doing that if you're getting traffic to any kind of, whether it's your landing page or your website, uh, definitely take advantage of that. You can target your email list. So you can, they call it the custom audience. So you can upload your email list and then Facebook will match as many people as possible from your email list who are also Facebook users. So let's just say you're uploading, I don't know, 5,000 people from your email list. Facebook might match, you know, I don't know, 2,700 or something like that of those people. So that 2,700 um, list now becomes a, an opportunity for you to target them on Facebook. You can then turn around and create a lookalike audience out of either that web, uh, out of that, out of the retargeting traffic or your email list. 
and basically the, the uh, lookalike, sorry, the lookalike audience essentially because those users that Facebook has built the audience for you, since they're Facebook users, Facebook knows a lot about them. So it takes it, what, it, what it knows about those people and says, okay, we're going to create a brand new audience for you of other people on Facebook who have similar attributes as those people who are either visiting your website or on your email list. So that's a lookalike audience. Um, of course, you want to be targeting your Facebook fans if they are targeted Facebook fans. And what I mean by that is if you didn't buy them from a variety of uh, parts of the world, <laughs> that you want to make sure that they're relevant to your business so you can be targeting your Facebook fans. And then, you know, sort of lastly, but certainly not least, you want to be targeting different, uh, you know, different interests as, as Facebook calls them. So th this is sort of the stereotypical type of Facebook ad targeting that when, th when people think of targeting on Facebook or Facebook ads, they think of, oh, I can target such and such, you know, Facebook page. So you want to be thinking about people who are similar to you in your space that have similar audiences for you uh, or as to, to you, um, competitors, you know, that sort of thing, what publications people in your industry might read. So there's a lot of different opportunities for you to be targeting on there. Okay. And what's been working the best for, for you? I mean, for your purposes? Definitely the, um, the retargeting, kind of in the order that I just, I just mentioned. So I, the retargeting works extremely well. Um, people on the email list, you know, I get a lot of questions about that. They're like, well, why would you want to target people? Why would you want to, people are already on your email list. So why are you targeting them again mm. with your Facebook ads? Well, you know, not everybody reads your emails. You know, the, the open rate is whatever percent. So you still have a bunch of people who aren't seeing your emails come across. And, you know, Facebook is just another touch point that uh, allows you to get in front of them. So the email list works extremely well. The uh, Facebook fans work extremely well. And um, I'm the, 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 the interest, so this is usually uh, the cold traffic, if you will, from other Facebook fan pages right. that you're targeting. Um, that works extremely well for me. So I kind of run the gamut of all those. Interesting. Okay. So let's say, you know, let's say someone's starting out, you know, they, let's just go back to that person that just launched an info product. And it's like, yep. okay, there's so many different targeting options different targeting options to go off of. I mean, you know, how much should they be spending on, on, on each of these, uh, I guess, options in, in the beginning? How should they break that down? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a question. And I'm sure you get that too a lot, Eric, is, is that how much should you spend on your ads? Um, but as far as like breaking it down goes, if you're getting traffic to your website, so if you have a site that you get some, that you get some decent traffic to, I'd be starting there with your, with your targeting, meaning setting up that pixel um, starting to collect that data, starting to build that audience of people who are coming to your website who are also Facebook users because those people are choosing to come to your website. Um, now, whether that they're coming there organically or maybe you're running a Facebook ad driving people to uh, a specific article or whatever on, um, on uh, your website, that's extremely effective too because if you've written an article that is relevant to maybe the webinar that you're going to be doing that you want people to sign up for, you could use Facebook ads to drive traffic to that blog post article. That Again, that's relevant to the webinar that you want them to get on. And then you could turn around and retarget those people, letting them know, hey, you know, you could, whatever, whatever kind of ad copy that you want to use, but you're getting them to register for that webinar that's very relevant to the blog post that they just um, uh, read. So that's a really, really effective strategy. So I would start with, the retargeting if they're getting traffic to their website. Again, I would move then if they have an email list, I would move to targeting that email list to get people onto the webinar from there.
Now, if they don't have any of those things, you're basically starting off with your Facebook fans and your and the interest targeting. So um, let's just kind of do two, two different scenarios. If they do have the email list and they do have traffic to their website, I would be putting the focus of their budget in those two areas. And if they don't have those things, if they don't, if they're not getting much traffic, then obviously you're kind of forced to put the budget towards um, uh, the interest, which is the fan pages and uh, your own Facebook fans. Got it. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I mean, you know, so, some of the stuff you alluded to, you know, we heard at Traffic and Conversion Conference where it's like, okay, they like to drive traffic to a piece of content first, and then mm-hmm. after they visit that, they'll drive them to like a lead page and then like a, like a lead magnet. And then after yeah. that, they'll drive them to like, okay, purchase a product, right? So they just keep moving them through the funnel. But yep. you know, I, was, I was having a discussion with some other people around that. And it's just like, you know, having to drive them to the piece of content first, just like a, a additional costs that, yes. you know, you don't know what's going to, you don't know if it's going to really back out or not at the end of the day. So do you have any thoughts around, you know, uh, that tactic specifically? Yeah, for sure. And, and I totally agree with you because it's almost paying double to get, if you're sending people to, you know, a blog post and then retargeting them and serving another ad to them, to try to get them to opt into something. So you're paying for that initial click in the first campaign that you're driving the tra- using to drive the traffic. And then you're paying for, you know, the conversion after that too. So you, you're kind of doubling up. And it really, I mean, it sounds like cliche, but it really just comes down to testing. So you're testing, you know, one strategy is you're running your Facebook ad directly to the opt-in to see if you can get them to opt-in or to register for the webinar. And then, then you're if, seeing how that goes. And then the other strategy is you're driving traffic to the, um, um, you know, to the blog post and then seeing what the cost backs out to from, uh, from there. So it just really comes down to about just, a, just a testing. Got it. Okay. Now for the, the the more the newbie advertisers and all the newbies should buy um, Rick's newbie course, by the way, but oh, thanks. <laughs> for all the newbie advertisers, I mean, how do you, okay. I mean, there's all this testing going on, right? But I mean, how do you keep track of, you know, all, all your costs and all that? Because some people, I mean, they, they, they tend to get scatterbrained and they just don't know what's going on at the end of the day and they start to get lost. Uh, keeping track of all the, the costs, not the cost. I'm sorry, not just all the metrics in general. I mean, you know, we're, we're testing these different tactics and things like that and it can get messy really quickly. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you just you just reminded me of something as and it's relevant to this is that I said before that the newbies course was ninety seven just because you told people to buy it. It's if you were to come to my site, it's one ninety seven. But if you go through the webinar, which is because I want people to be learning this stuff, I give an incentive uh, for people to purchase on the uh, the webinar. There you so, go. Just to kind of clear that up. Um, so to you know to keep track of these at these numbers and you know for like you know for how many you know newbies courses I sell or or whatever, you first need to understand and you want to be really clear on what is the metric that you want to be, you know, measuring for. So why are you running, you know, paid traffic or in this case, Facebook ads in the first place? So if your, if your metric is leads, then you want to be measuring, okay, how many leads am I getting and what is my cost per lead? And Facebook can tell you that. You use their conversion tracking pixel and it's actually very easy to um, set up and it's very it's very clear within the dashboard within Facebook whether you're using you know um, their with ads manager or power editor uh, it'll tell you what the co- it'll give you these numbers so it's very simple to just you you don't have to use a third party platform or anything like that to find these metrics not even um, Google Analytics to uh, get this stuff so within Facebook you can find these metrics really clearly. Um, but again, it's this, the first step is being really clear on what are you measuring? What do you want to get out of running this campaign? The other thing too that the beauty, a lot of people don't realize this is that in Facebook, 
you can not only track the initial conversion, but you can also track the, the sale. So if somebody, if, so if I want to track, you know, registrations for a webinar and then how many sales are coming off of the webinar, I can just use two different conversion tracking pixels within Facebook and track both of those things. So I can see exactly how much, not only am I spending on my ads, I can see what my cost per conversion is, and then I can see how many sales I'm getting against, you know, oh, that particular target group worked really well for me because I have, you know, this much in sales. So you can get all these metrics all within Facebook. Got it. Okay, cool. So let's switch gears a little bit, and that's super helpful. Um, so, you know, how do you stay on top of, first of all, running your podcast and then, you know, keeping the info product kind of up to date? And I guess that also goes hand in hand with uh, keeping your, F, your your Facebook ads knowledge up to date. <laughs> I'm laughing because before we just got started, you're like, man, you're, you're super busy. <laughs> so I, I've been terrible about getting back to you. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I have a team. I have a, a, a virtual assistant. Uh, she's based over in the UK, and I also have a project manager who is uh, US based here. And so, you know, we are constantly. I just met with them this morning when, when we're recording this. Um, we're constantly trying to update and streamline the processes and make things um, easier. It's a lot. You know, especially for the courses, um, you know, because Facebook changes so much, you know, when someone signs up for the course, I'm looking out for them from the perspective of I'm keeping them up to date on what the latest stuff is with Facebook so that they don't have to worry about that. And so that's a, that's a, that's a big, you know, that's a big job. That's a big undertaking. And I, and I understand that, um, you know, and the podcast too is a lot of work. You know, it, 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 there's more to it, as you know, Eric, from just doing the interview itself. I mean, there's the editing, there's the lining up the guests, there's all, all this other stuff, depending on the type of format that you do. Totally. So it's, it is a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. And, and I do struggle with sort of um, shutting off in the evening. Um, and my wife will can attest to that, that uh, I just have a hard time with that because not only do I love working, but there's always something to be doing. And, um, you know, that's something I'm, I'm working to improve every single day where I'm just kind of like, all right, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to shut down at this point and, um, you know, we'll get back at it, back at it tomorrow. Got it. Okay, cool, man. Um, so just winding down here, a few more questions from my side. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, d- don't go into so much debt when that, when you're, when you're 25, um, because that's going to just um, uh, make it harder and take you longer to become an entrepreneur. And I say that because that's what, I, that's what sort of set me back uh, the number of years that it took me to leave the corporate world because I needed to take care of debt and get myself in a financial position where I was able to um, make that leap. So I wouldn't have made so many decisions as, that, that hurt me financially back then that uh, would set me up, you know, a little bit better for the future. Wow. Okay. Never heard that one before. Okay. That's a really interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what's one productivity hack you can share with the audience? Um, you probably heard this before, but Boomerang with Gmail is a godsend. I love, I love Boomerang um, just because it allows me to kind of zip through my email a lot faster and allows me to make decisions a lot faster. Yes, my VA is, is going through my inbox and Help me, help me out with stuff, but I'm able to go through, um, you know, we have a different, you know, different folders within Gmail that we have set up, but I'm able, I'm able to sort through stuff very quickly 
by saying, okay, I can deal with this right now, or you know what, I'm going to boomerang this back into my in my inbox in two days when I'm I'm better able to uh, to deal with it. So that just saves me so much time. Get through my email a lot faster, and then on to uh, you know other more important things. You know, boomerang is really interesting. So I use boomerang as well, right? But mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm finding is that. I'll boomerang something, but I just like leave it and I just never come back to it until I check like a week later and I go through all my boomerang. So do you have a process for making sure you're on top of your boomerangs? Oh, really? <laughs> no, I just make sure it comes back to the same folder. And uh, so I don't, I actually don't ever go into my boomerang, the boomerang folder itself. I just, uh, I just, it's just coming back to my inbox again. And at that point I am, I am uh, dealing with it. You know, I've, I've been very few times where, I've gone, I've, I've uh, boomeranged something and between when I boomeranged it and when it's supposed to be coming back into, we've just made it a verb, by the way, I boomeranged it. Um, <laughs> when it's coming back into my inbox, you know, very few times have I actually had to go find that email because something else came up where I had to go back and reference it again. So I just, you know, it comes back into my inbox and I deal with it and uh, it works pretty well for me. Got it. Well, clearly, clearly, clearly there is something wrong with me. Um, uh, I can't even say clearly, but um, all right. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? One, oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at my um, uh, eighty twenty sales and marketing by Perry Marshall. I'm actually re. I, I just turned because I'm rereading it again, and it's amazing. Have you have you read that book? I haven't, but I know Perry Marshall, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah, it's, so it's basically the whole eighty twenty principle, but it, but Perry applies it to obviously sales and marketing and. It's just really, really good. I mean, again, I'm reading it for the second time because I, I just had him on on my show, and it just sort of relit the the fire for that whole discussion. And and I'm always trying to think about, you know, we talked about productivity and stuff like that. I'm always thinking about the whole eighty twenty principle. How can I apply it to um, my business and and make things get better results for less effort? So that I highly recommend that book. Cool. I just uh, I just one click uh, bought it on Amazon. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, Rick. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, two two places. The podcast is called The Art of Paid Traffic, and you can just search for The Art of Paid Traffic on iTunes or Stitcher, and um, or, or my website, rickmulready.com. Hop on the email list. You're going to get a lot of content right at first, and no <laughs> no place to buy anything right now. But uh, that's a great opportunity to start to build a relationship you know, with me and uh, for me to get to know um, you as well if you reach out and say hello. But uh, yeah, rickmulready.com is my website. All right. Awesome, Rick. Thanks so much for all the you know, value pack or action packed uh, information here. So uh, everyone, this is Rick Mulready from the FB Advantage. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.